and also stories of the people. Uh, Mark is going to come and share some stories at the end. Um, who likes stories? Yeah. I like stories. I think stories are good. And uh, so today we're, we're going to look at the story, the parable of the sower, which is one of Jesus's uh, great stories. And I, I think for us, we just need to sow seeds. We just need to actually be sharing what God has given us. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 13. Uh, it'll come up on the screen though, so... It'll be there for you. You'll also find the same parable in uh, Mark chapter 4 and Luke chapter 8. So it's the same parable there. Um, So verses 1 to 3. It says, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. So here is, he's up by the Sea of Galilee and a, he's speaking to the crowd. And when we began this series, we talked about how that Jesus, when he told stories to the crowd and then he would explain them to, um, to the disciples. And he's, there's so many people, the crowd is a large crowd. So he ends up having to jump into a boat and he parks himself just offshore and so he can speak to the people. And uh, it's actually a series of seven uh, stories, seven parables at that time, which he tells on the same day. So let's uh, bust through these verses. So verse three, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon welted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on the fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as he'd been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone here got ears on? (laughs) Got ears to hear. All right. We need to listen. And we understand. Okay. Now, now the question of the day, you know, you imagine the, the people there, they're, they're wrestling with who Jesus is at that time. It's kind of, if, if you are who you say you are, if you're the true Messiah, why doesn't everyone believe in your message? Why doesn't everybody believe who you, who you are? Or, or a second question would be, how come, why are all the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, why are they rejecting your message? Okay, why are they not into this? And I think these are still some of the questions which we we wrestle with. You know, how come, why does a wife become a believer and the husband reject the gospel? Okay, why does one brother become a pastor and the other brother become a gang leader? How come two kids, two children raised in the same family end up with completely different values? Or... How can, can we, we can share the gospel to one group of people and they will respond and go, man, that's brilliant. And you share the same message, the same gospel to another group of people and they stare at you blankly and it's like, what the heck's going on? See, how come, how is it the, the, the same seed, the same word of God produces such differing results in the human heart? And I think that this parable kind of provides some answers to this on the success and the failure of the word of God and the message of the kingdom. And then in this passage, in verse 10 to 17, which we're going to skip through, but there's this little interplay between the disciples and Jesus, and he explains to them why he's telling them in parables. He's saying, look, not everybody's going to get this. I speak in parables. Not everyone's going to, going to understand. And... 
and actually in, in the passage in Mark chapter 4 verse 13 where he's telling the same passage actually says, Jesus says to them this if you can't understand the meaning of this parable how will you understand all the other parables he's kind of like come on you dumb dumb guys come on if you can't understand this one if you can't get this one how are you going to how do you get, get all the other the other stuff come on you need to get this right and I, and I still think that 2,000 years later, we, we still need to get it, right? We need to understand this parable and get hold of it. And he gives the explanation in verse, 30, in verse 18 onwards to the disciples. So this is now, he's, he's gone, moved away from the crowd, and he's now speaking to the disciples, and he says this. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting the seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom of God and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soils represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produces a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as being planted. And looking through the scripture again for me, I'm actually really enjoying studying these parables again. Because it's kind of like, you know, we know these parables. Often, you know, we've heard them so many times. But as, as we look into them, and my prayer is this, that, that we would listen and they would understand, that we'd hear and, and get what Jesus is trying to tell us. And what's coming through for me is that we need to listen, but we also need to hear. See, see the kingdom of God, it, it comes by hearing comes by hearing the word of God. So be careful how you hear. Because we, right, we can hear something and not hear something, right? Like, who's got kids? You know, they hear something, but they don't hear. You talk to them later on, they go, did you get that? And they have no idea. And Jesus is saying, anyone who has ear, with ears to hear should listen and understand. And with earthly kingdoms, it's about force and coercion, Right? But the kingdom of God is, is so different. See, the, the kingdom of God comes by hearing. It comes by listening. The, the ability to truly hear, to perceive, and to understand. And, and the kingdom of God, it comes in seed form. It comes in quietly. It comes in from the inside out. And, and it, looks, it, it looks weak. The kingdom of God looks weak, it looks vulnerable, and often the kingdom of God looks totally, completely underwhelming, right? See, the kingdom of God, it comes like as a baby in a manger. It comes like as a man dying on a cross. The kingdom of God comes, it looks like it triumphs by being killed. The kingdom of God it's different. And you think, how could that possibly ever change a life, let alone change the world? See, the, the kingdom of God is strange. It, it's, it's upside down. It says things like, by losing yourself, you will find yourself. Kingdom of God says, the way up is down. The kingdom of God says to be rich, you need to give away of yourself. 
the kingdom of God says to carry authority, you need to become a humble servant. And it's through love, not force. See, the, the, the kingdom of God is weird, right? And, and it looks like, how, how could that have any effect? Yet it is the most powerful thing on the planet. You know, John the Baptist wrestled with it. He's finding himself in prison, and, and he sends his disciples, and they, he sends his disciples, and say, hey, go ask Jesus, are you the one we were expecting? Are you the Messiah, or should we be expecting somebody else? And, and he's asking this question because they were expecting when the Messiah would come that he would overthrow the Roman rule. They were expecting this, the kingdom of God to look totally different than how Jesus presented, presented it. See, faith, it comes by hearing. The, the Apostle Paul, he put it this way in Romans 10. He says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news, for Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. So again, he's saying, hey, look, not everyone's going to believe. But faith comes by hearing. However, how are they going to hear unless we actually go and tell them? How is this going to happen unless we share the good news of Jesus Christ? How is it going to happen unless there's seeds which are actually being sowed? And there's this need that we need to sow seed. Who is going to sow them? Let me, let me just quickly go through these four types of soil and then we'll wrap it up with a couple of stories. So first verse 19, so we talk about the footpath. So verse 19, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom of God and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. So here, here it's going, the seed is going on the well-trodden path, the footpath, and it's compacted. So, so they hear it but they don't understand. So it's, it's the hard-hearted. It's the hard-hearted. And so often the gospel it, it hits and so often on, a, on like the intellectual surface level and, and it doesn't penetrate or go down deep. It doesn't go into the heart. Man, I, I love it when you see the, the word of God penetrate people's hearts. You know, where, where Christianity it suddenly goes from this, this concept, this religion, this moral code to this, this set of rules to living, active, powerful faith. Who's seen that in people's lives? When you, when you suddenly have this, this, this moment of revelation where you go, this isn't, this isn't just an idea or a concept or a religion, or just this is the, the living, active word of God, which has power to change lives. And we, we need that revelation power of God to go deep within us. See, I also think in church, if we've been in church for a while, that we can, um, we can become hard-hearted. You know, oh, Glenn, you know, I've heard that one before. <laughs> you know, I've done the, uh, the parable of the sower. You know, I've been to Sunday school. I coloured in the little doofree, hoofree, planted a seed or whatever. <laughs> done all that. <laughs> and, you know, I probably think I could probably preach this better than, better than you. And um, we, we get to that place. We, 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 we're like that. And I'm saying, come on, people. We need to remain soft-hearted, right? 
We need to be softened and say, God, let that seed ignite within me. Let, let it go deep. Let the power of the gospel, the message of Christ, come within us and germinate and come alive within us. Let it go deep. The second is the rocky soil, which is the, is the, the shallow heart. Seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. And this is kind of like, like the emotional response. When you, when you hear the word of God, and you get excited and you leap up. and Woo, I've got it. Here we go. It's all good. It's awesome. Come on, Jesus. Let's do this thing. But it doesn't take root. And, and, and things happen. The cares of the world. The heat, suffering comes. And, and we know that in life there's things which happen which will try and steal it away. And, and we can go, oh, I just wanted the blessing of God. I just wanted my needs met. Not a king to worship. And it can be snatched away. And again, this come on. We need to go deep. The soil. Third one is the thorny ground. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. This is the divided heart. The divided heart. They take root, committed to Christ, but the Christian life becomes choked out. And it's basically, and I think this is, this is, this is modern society, we just get too busy. It just gets choked. There's so much going on, so many different things to do, trying to, make, trying to get it all together, trying to make it all work. And what it ends up, what I found is, is you kind of, I'm in church, I love Jesus, and you kind of, we slip in the back and we do it, but there's no fruit. There's no potency which would go further. It doesn't bring life change around us becomes just a, a tick box exercise. And I think God has called us that, that we would produce fruit, right? That we'd be people who would carry the goodness of God. That we'd not allow that the things of this world just to crowd out what God wants to do in our lives. The last one is, is good soil. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60 or even 100 times as much as being planted. But oh my goodness, when the seed hits good soil, when you hear, you go, man, that's it. It's got the power of God upon it. The seed is the word of God. And, and our role is just to sow. See, in Mark 4.40, it says, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to other. The sower is Jesus and everybody else who shares the good news. And, and, and in this story, the, the, uh, the sower, he just sows freely. He's generous. So back in those days, the, the, the sower, he would have a, a pouch of seeds around him, and he'd be walking down, and he'd be just throwing it liberally, just sharing around. And he doesn't really know where it's going to go, what's going to happen with it. He knows that a certain amount is going to go on the footpath, a certain amount is going to end up here, is going to end up there. But he doesn't really know where the good soil is and where it's going to take root. He's got a little bit of an idea. Hopefully he's going, okay, this is kind of the sort of area where it should go. But the thing is, you know, we can't save people. We don't have the power to do that. That's the power of Christ, to do that. Our job is to sow seed, right? So here's the, here's the central teaching of the parables in Matthew 13. The thing is that there is nothing wrong with the seed. 
The seed is the word of God. There's nothing wrong with it. The same seed that the birds eat is the same seed that produces a good crop. It's the same seed that produces a plant which withers away or gets choked by the thorns. But, but we need to tell the stories. We need to share the good news, the gospel. We need to tell the stories, the testimonies. I think everybody has a story. Now, and I'm loving hearing the different stories from the, from the congregation of, of what God is doing. We need to tell the stories of what has gone before. Let me uh, finish with the story by a guy by the name of Rarui Tafanga. And uh, he, he was quite a remarkable guy. He was, um, uh, he was a chief in the Napui tribe. And um, it's 1829. Okay, so this is post Samuel Marsden uh, coming and sharing. And uh, Henry Williams, he's, he's the, the Christian Missionary Society. He's in charge of the mission. And the mission's been going on for about 15 years. And Henry Williams has been in charge for about five years. And there's been not a lot of fruit. There's been a few of the local Māori population who have found Christ. But by and large, uh, a lot of work for, for not a lot of fruit. Um, fell on stony ground. The, the, the Māori people, by and large, they heard but didn't understand. Because I think the, the message was hidden by you know, wearing long dresses and singing God Save the Queen. And some of the, some of the colonial uh, attributes were added in there. And it was snatched away from them. And uh, you know, a few of the Māori locals had given their lives to Christ, but only to fall away um, when the rest of the tribes were unhappy with what was going on. So there was not a lot to show for 15 years of sowing the good news. Henry Williams, though, he, he remained faithful to preaching about Christ, and he negotiated peace between the different warring tribes, and he showed a lot of love and fear of none. And then, on 7th of February, 1830, baptism. This guy, Rauri, and um, he's kind of known as the first high-ranking ranking Māori to embrace Christianity. And, and his family and friends soon followed him into baptism. And, and this was the 30, 60, 100-fold from, from this one guy. And Rauri, he began to share his faith and share the gospel message. And he, he travelled with Henry Williams in, in 1831, and his family, his wife, was from down in Tauranga and Rotorua, and so he travelled with them, with, with Henry Williams, and they saw this, he translated and preached, and he saw this remarkable move of God at that time. And uh, actually, he, he went over to Sydney as well. He went and stayed with Samuel Marsden. Um, and, and he learnt with Samuel Marsden over in Sydney how to grow crops. And Rory, he ends up being the foreman in charge of the, the gardens and the farmland around the, the mission house. Maybe you can have the next slide, Steve. Um, so there's Henry Williams. It says there's, there's the stone house in Kirikiri, and there's the farmland there. It's the, it's the oldest surviving uh, building in New Zealand. And uh, that farmland. So he farmed that land there. He ends up having like 100 cattle, and he was known like the first, as the first commercial farmer in New Zealand to sell butter. Okay? So he's known as the first. And he also he, he built his own plough and began to farm that land around there. But he was known as this entrepreneur. And he carried the gospel message. He became a missionary and carried that message around there. And he ends up being a signatory on the Treaty of Waitangi in, in 1840. This guy, he found 
at long last, good soil in this mangrove. Even though they'd been planting, they'd been sowing, 15 years of kind of hard graft with those early missionaries coming out. It was hard going until they found good soil. And the word of God goes out. And I, I think that there's, there's a season, even with our church at the moment, I'm hearing these different stories of, of people just sharing the good news of Christ. I was talking to Michael the other day. Michael, come, come, just come and share some of the stories. So Michael is amazing. He, he goes out and just shares the gospel with people about two or three days a week. What do you, tell a little bit about what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and especially the last um, couple of weeks, we had a YWAM team, if you guys are aware of YWAM, um, here in Glenness, and so I actually spent the whole two weeks, like five days, um, in the town centre, doing public worship and talking to people, um, but then even in the afternoons, we went around and did a bunch of door knocking um, throughout a bunch of Glenness, um, yeah, which was, was real funny. Yeah. So tell a couple of stories, tell them some things you're doing. Yeah, um, so really, I love the theme of this morning and like the idea of the parable of the sower, like it was so evident as we went around, like there was definitely hard ground and rocky ground and thorny ground. But one thing I loved is that just to share, people are so open, like we had no, from the conversations that I had, I had no negative responses, like no one slammed the door, everyone was open. Um, but yeah, some maybe not at the right stage um, just yet. But yeah, a couple of awesome stories of people that really were um, good soil. Probably my f first one that I loved from last week um, was going to this house where there was this young girl, I think first year of uni, and her holidays, is just home alone, kind of chilling out. And I was with one of the girls from the YOM team. And we just shared, you know, we're Christians from local churches. Um, just want to share that, yeah, God loves you so much. And is there any way we, we can encourage you and, and pray for you? And you could see that she was really good soil. She immediately like livened up. She's like, well, my um, friend at uni is, or my friend from school is at Bible college and he's been sharing all these things. And so it just opened up this dialogue and she asked all these questions about like, how do I pray? And you know, how do I, does God speak and all these things? And it was just, you could tell straight away such good soil. So we shared the gospel through that and she clearly like wanted to take some sort of step to accept Jesus and she she shared that so she asked if we could pray with her so we prayed you know this kind of prayer with her and um, yeah it was incredible and kind of encouraged her um, you know talk to your friend at Bible College find a church that works for you gave her a card about um, this church as well and then another story that I loved from this week um, on Thursday we're at, at, out kind of Fen Church ways and opened the store and similar like good soil um this lady named Raina had had a really rough couple of weeks, um, had some issues at work, and yeah, she'd been struggling, but she said she'd had this thought keep coming in the back of her mind, like she needs to go to church somewhere, needs to go to a church service, and I don't think she'd ever been to church before, but this has literally been happening in the last two weeks, and all of a sudden these two Christians like come to her door, and she was like, oh my goodness, like really surprised. Um, and so from the get-go, you could tell that there was some real good soil there, and so we just started encouraging her, and we felt to ask if we could pray for her, and even shared some kind of prophetic words through that and you could see her eyes start to like well up as we prayed um, and you could see that was incredibly even life changing for her um, so yeah those two among so many other stories it was such a special time and there is good soil out there if we are willing to go and just sow the seeds you know come on why don't we just stand I, I, I feel like as, yeah, maybe the band could come would be fantastic I feel like as a church, we, we need to be sowing seeds, right? And, and, and as a church, we're doing a, a few little things. 
pushed the button wrong. It's my fault. <laughs> we'll put a, you know, we'll put a few extra little billboards up, and we're doing a little bit extra social media engagement and things like that. But really, the the power is in the personal invite. You know, we're going to go. We're going to knock on some doors. Um, be ready for that in a few weeks' time. We're just going to invite people. I know some people are in for that. Some people, that's not their thing, and that's okay. But I want us that we sow seeds. Where it falls is not our, doesn't matter. What it is, is it's, come on, let's share the good news. You know, I was talking to Priscilla on Friday. She's part of this little cottage group in the community here. And, and, just, and twice she had people in the group say, oh, I didn't know there was a church there in, in, in Te Oro. I didn't know there was a church there in Glenninus. And we need to keep sharing just that there's a, there's a place here. Next week we've got like snow day. Let's just invite the neighborhood, invite the kids in. But let's maintain that this, this, this soft heart before God. And, and we're just going to finish this service this morning. We're just we're singing a song. But I'm believing that God would just prepare some good soil for the goodness of God. That hearts would be soft before God. And sometimes it's going to be thorny. Sometimes it's going to be rocky. Sometimes it's going to be hard. But oh, come on, God. For that 30, for that 60, for that 100. Sometimes it might take time. But I'm believing for a harvest. I'm believing for the goodness of God.